Hello, stackers, and welcome to another Creation Corner episode as we continue our ongoing World Builders series. And this is a series that I started kind of on a whim uh, in talking with a new friend through Twitter and through the show. And since then, I have come to think, you know, this would be a fun way to get to meet other creators in the world building scene. And today I'm really, really excited to be joined by Dave. Oh, yes, I'm David and I'm the DM for Tomes of the Chaos Bard. Well, welcome, David, and thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I'm searching through my memory banks here, and I think I may have first come across your podcast through the TTRPG family list on Twitter. Uh, We got added to it uh, because one of our listeners recommended us to that account, and they added us to the list. And so I thought, well, let me just look through the list and see who's on there. And I saw your name not too far above ours in the list. I think you'd been added maybe a week or two earlier. And so I thought, well, let me check them out and got to listening and realized very quickly, I think this would be somebody I'd really love to talk to. So can you tell us about your podcast and maybe how long you've been going? What was your inspiration for starting all that good stuff? Yeah. So we started about a year ago in February. So we just completed one official year um, and we focus on being family friendly, being clean, Mm -hmm. Being a, a podcast that people can play with their kids around and having kind of a bonding moment. We're very family focused in, in my family and everything. And so we wanted something to do the same for other families, possibly. Um, we started, actually, it's it's funny and we'll get a little bit, I'll briefly mention it, but we'll get more into it in the, in the episode to come. But we focused, we started recording ourselves. More because I'm not good at taking notes. So we started recording (laughs) our sessions. And my wife was listening to them. She's just like, you know what? We got something here. Like, Mm -hmm. you tell a phenomenal story. Everybody has really good characters. Let's make a podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, you're joking, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a very to myself person. I'm one Uh of those that it's like, if I'm in the background and not being noticed, I am happy. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know about this, but she persuaded me and it's been so much fun and getting to know people like you and just being part of the community has been fantastic. Yeah, well, good. And it's been fun to see you all growing. Uh, you know, we we have recently taken on the task of trying to promote ourselves more. And uh, I feel like we're not rivalry is a strong word, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I just feel like if I can pace you... <laughs> <laughs> with our show. We're doing a good thing. And obviously it's been fun for me to see your growth. And I've really been encouraged by that. Uh, like you, we also have a family focus. We want our show to be listened to by any age. You, you can turn this on and not worry about what you're going to hear. And I, I've been really happy to be able to meet other creators in that sphere. And so I, I'm really thankful that that you've agreed to spend some time with me this evening. Oh yeah, I'm excited and props to you guys. I didn't realize that there was that many other family friendlies and I hope we can continue to unite because we all rise together. That's right. Absolutely. It's been fun to cross promote and uh, at some point I wouldn't mind getting a maybe a 30 second spot from you guys. Oh, sure. <laughs> cross pollinate and all that good stuff. That'd be a lot of fun. Exactly. Yes. All right, let's talk world building then. You obviously are working from a homebrewed world. Why don't you tell us about your world and maybe just the the highest overview of your story? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's have somebody say, explain your world. That's, <laughs> That's a, right. That's right. <laughs> it's such a general thing, but it is a very big passion of mine. This world 
it's actually just like a little land. I'm a very big promoter of starting out small. Don't overwhelm yourself. So my land is called Kileth. The world itself, not sure yet. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> but Kileth is kind of a newish world. The land has been kind of settled more by what I consider the ancient races. So like high elves were there first and dragonborn. And there's always been kind of a fight between the two of who was actually here first. The high high elves say they were dragonborn say they were. And it's been a kind of a melting pot of different races. The humans came in about 500 years ago. So they're compared to all the other races. They're kind of new to everything. Mm -hmm. We have halflings, we have gnomes, Wood elves, the high elves kind of stick to themselves. And we got uh, orcs are kind of new to the world too. Yeah, and there's a little turmoil going on because the land used to be ruled by goblins. Hmm. This was kind of the goblinoid land. And as all these other races have come in, they've kind of been pushed out, pushed to the side. Well, now there's this leader, Colbath is his name, that he's kind of united everybody under one banner. And that's kind of a scary thing because normally the goblins in my world are very separate. Hmm. But now he's united them under one clan and he's also gotten some orc and dragonborn clans underneath them. And so there's lots of rumors of, are they good? Are they bad? It's still up in the air as of right now. Okay. And so the story of the party is operating in this land uh, a very small party against all this turmoil that's going on in the background. <laughs> and it's been fun. I, I told you yesterday I was up to, I think, chapter 13. I, I think I'm up to 18 today. So it just, oh, you know, a wow. lot of, well, that's what happens when you live in the DC area and commute home. <laughs> <laughs> you have plenty of time to listen. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's been good to get to know your characters. Uh, I've really enjoyed the interplay between them. And really that's the mark, I think, of of a good story is how the relationships are. Uh, I think it's easy to fizzle out on a story if people are wooden or don't get along. Uh, that's that's a an easy way out of a story for me. Uh, so yeah, the, the easy friendship, the conversation, the interplay, it's all been a lot of fun to see that develop. I appreciate it. It's been one of our biggest focuses because we love role play here. And that's been a strong suit of us. Yeah, yeah I fully agree. Uh, so let's talk about your creation process and you've got this world and you've obviously got uh, a general history going, uh, a lot of thought going into the historical aspects of your world. How did you approach it? What, what was your take on getting in? Did you have any inspirations and feel free to take this in any order you like? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I first started actually just playing D and D about six ish years ago. And after a year, I was just like, you know what? I want to try this. I want to try doing it. And so my very first thought was a villain. Who's going to be my bad guy? And I kind of trickled it down from there. Okay, here's the villain. Here's the problem he's going to cause. So now, how are my players going to react? Mm -hmm. Where is this reaction going to take place? So yeah, a villain's kind of a broad, big thing. But then I said, okay, let's focus on a small portion of the world. And that very first city that I made was a, a dwarven. I got a lot of inspiration from the Lord of the Rings, more the, the Hobbit of uh, Dale. Okay. That kind of melting pot place ruled by the dwarves. 
but the dwarves were very welcoming. It's a huge trade city. And I liked that idea because it's like, if my players wanted to do anything particular, it's all right there. And so that's kind of where I started off. And it's big enough that I could keep them in one location. And then as I got comfortable with it, then I started branching off. Okay, let's do a little exploration. Okay, bring them back. Let's go do this little quest. Okay, bring them back. Because that's where my comfort level was. Because, yeah, I got this big world, but it's not all fleshed out, which is okay. We'll get there when we get there. That's kind of my guidelines that I go by. Yeah, I fully agree. That's been game changing quite literally for me. I don't know how much you've listened to the preliminary stuff that Thane and I talked about, but our goal was to create the shell of the world, give the flavor in the creation process, but then really not fill in the gaps until the players decide, let's go over here. And so I try and lead the story to a point where I have a vague sense of where they're going. And then once they get to that point, you know, the session before I am, I, that's, I'm devoting my energy to building that up. It's, it's like building a bridge as you're crossing the river. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff as I, I have a firm belief that everybody should at least try DMing once. Yes. Then you can get the idea on what the DM has to go through. It's like, we're not a computer system. We're not like, Hey, plug and play. Let's just go. There's a lot of stuff that we're winging off. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're just yeah. barely getting by and that's like you see you see all these other dms out there like a matt mercer and all these other big creations that they're just pulling stuff left and right and it's like well they've had a lot of time to focus plus that's their strength Mm -hmm. exactly learn from them learn from all these amazing dms but don't compare yourself to them you know yeah find your strengths for me my strength is intrigue i love intrigue I didn't know that at first. I was thinking more of like going heavy combat, but now that I've been DMing for five airs, I really love intrigue. So I focus a lot of my campaign around that with, of course, exploration and all this other stuff. I'm not great at exploration, but I still try it to build those muscles. A lot of weaknesses that people will say, they're building points. They're not failures. They're things that you can build upon it's just like working out. You got to strengthen those muscles little by little. Yeah. And I'm doing a lot of nodding here as you're talking. It's not going to come through in the audio, but I'm over <laughs> there like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I kind of wonder if uh, if we should maybe offline with other DMs do a, a gymnasium approach <laughs> where, you know, today is going to be, we're going to work out exploration. <laughs> and, we and that all would just, be way fun. Yeah. We just take turns. Here's a picture. What do we do with it? Uh, and, and just describe it. And I think that'd be a lot of fun to try exercise wise. And we all have such unique, different ideas that yeah. I thought of it this way and you thought of it that way. It's like, oh, I like your way better, but yeah. I'm going to twist it my way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that I see a lot of fun coming out of this. And I'm I'm really glad you brought up the point you did about the big name DMs out there. It's I have ideas and thoughts about <laughs> that scene and uh, how difficult it is to operate in a space when you're significantly smaller and without the budget that those large groups have. It's really hard to compete, but right. I do appreciate very much uh, Matt Mercer's sentiments towards small tables. And that is, you know, you as the DM know your crew and you know how to run a game that engages them and so I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, you may not be a big name. You may not be the best accent 
<laughs> speaker or whatever. And you don't have to be. That's the great thing about it. If you can give the sense of what you're trying to convey and your players are going along with it and they're like, yeah, I can see it right now, you're being successful. And exactly. Yeah. If everybody's having fun. You're doing a good job. That's right. That's right. So let's get back to the world then. Uh, mm-hmm. As we were doing the preliminary discussion for this podcast episode, I, I asked you, what is it about your world that stands out? What do you think separates your world from others? And, uh, you know, if you can maybe give me a couple of things and we'll just thresh it out and talk about it. Yeah. So one big thing that I think our world is unique about is our two kind of hosts that we call them, Solomon and Quill. So Solomon is kind of a self-proclaimed chaos bard. And it's one of those things of like, I like to keep it a mystery whether he is actually called by the chaos goddess to do what he does or if he's just meddling with things Mm -hmm. and he has his little sidekick the one that kind of keeps him in line quill which is a magic phoenix feather that he pretty much is his scribe and that's one unique thing in in my world is that he's always meddling with something there's as the story continues you'll find different um scenarios that the players get into and then later on it's revealed that Oh, look, Solemn may or may not have had some kind of influence in that. Yeah. He loves to meddle. I think another unique thing that we have world building wise is the mystery of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I I love the stories where it's just like, it keeps you guessing. That's what keeps you intrigued is like, well, what is that about the goblins? What is it about the the high elves? Why are they so secluded on their island that I have in my world? But that's what keeps people engaged. I may or may not know exactly what's going on. I'll never tell. Yeah. I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said earlier, we'll find out together <laughs> yeah. with your players. Absolutely. And you know, that's what makes it so much fun. And I, I'd like to say when the players go weird places that you weren't expecting, that's when you as the DM get to play. Because now oh, you're reacting, yeah. you're you're having to come up with stuff, and so they're engaging you. You're they're taking you away from your planned story, and now you are actually playing. <laughs> exactly, and that's where the fun starts. When the players having fun, I'm having fun too. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm glad to hear it. And it's it's easy to see through your show, and I hope it's easy to see through ours that when you have that interchange between players and DM, and you're all laughing together and all giggling about something. That's those are the moments that I'm going to look back on and think, oh, this is great. <laughs> this was worth every moment of frustration. <laughs> oh, yeah. The frustrations, especially when they go left and you're like, wait, 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 you were supposed to go this way. <laughs> That's right. There have been several times where after the session, I have admitted either my notes were basically make it work or whatever, <laughs> or they completely baffled my plan and everything that I had was out the window from moment one. Exactly. And using that, what you just said, there's a lot of things that us as DMs have planned world building wise or some kind of encounter. I have learned that that doesn't have to happen right then. For example, we there's been so many times that I introduced this NPC and I'm like, hey, look, this is a cool NPC. I worked hours on building this NPC background. And they're like, eh. I want to focus on this other guy. And it was some drunk in the, in the bar. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll discuss on what the, what his name is or her name is. But I found out that how fun is it once they attach to that? It's like, okay, 
this character that I developed hours on. Let's just slide that over here to this character now. Yep, that was all planned. We're good to go. Carry on. That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, that sleight of hand really is effective. <laughs> and another technique that I have found is very useful, and I've employed it more and more as the show, as our show has gone on, is giving the players agency in describing things. So if they take an unexpected direction, I'll tell them, okay, what do you see? What, what do you make of it? Mm. And let them take the active part in telling the story. So then it's not all on me. It's them having to share the load, but also getting the fun of coming up with things on the spot. Oh, and that's part of the world building stuff, right? That's right, exactly. One of the annoying things is, is like, you're the DM, you figure out everything else. It's like, yes, but I'm a person too. (laughs) I can't think of everything that you do. And that's a great strategy that you have is, okay, I don't have this planned. And being honest with them too. Yeah. Like, oh, guys, you threw me for a loop. Okay, let's figure this out together. Yeah, yeah. What do you see? What is that person's name? Players love being invested in the world, and when they get to create things, it's amazing. I remember uh, before we started this podcast campaign, there was a situation that I let my players create something like that. And before this player was introduced into the campaign, he had searched some old ruins. And I just asked him, I was like, hey, you were searching this? What did you find? And he's like, oh, I found this strange dagger. And I'm like, cool. Well, this dagger is now blah, 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 blah. And we were able to weave it into the story that we had, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we as DMs need to do. Take their ideas. We're doing it everywhere else. Steal people's ideas, twist it to make it your own. Yeah. Players love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's what's going to make them remember your story well after it's over, after you've wrapped the last episode, which is a sad thing to think about. <laughs> They're going to look back years later and think, man, that was a great story. And it's largely due to the fact that it's not just a regular story. It's not just a book you read and then you put it on the shelf. You had an active role in writing it. And I think that makes all the difference. It does. Everybody wants to feel important. Everybody wants to feel a niche. As a DM, you have that opportunity to give that to your players if they want to create a new, like their background, their race, I've given my players opportunity to be like, hey, what is your culture like? I had ideas and we discussed it. Being honest and open with your players. I have so many, I can't tell you enough how important it is to have that open communication with your players. You have the session one, the session zero, as some people call it, uh-huh. it's where you get together, create your characters together, find out how they meet together. I also just recently did, I want to try and do it every six months, but we did it for our year anniversary of getting with your players and be like, Hey, inter- special interview, kind of a, a session zero 2.0. How's your player doing? Are they going in the same direction that you thought? Is there anything you want to add to the story? Is there any other thoughts you had about your culture, about your background that we can tie into the story? Mm-hmm get them involved because it's just as much as their world as it is yours. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad you realized that it makes a big difference and it, it just takes so much load off of you to share <laughs> the pain like that. And I, I think <laughs> exactly the pain <laughs> when it's shared, uh, everyone begins to appreciate it. So they don't have to be a DM to get the understanding of what's involved with it. And that's, that's helpful. Uh, another aspect that we talked about in our our talk beforehand was your use of foreshadowing. You said that that was a strength Mm -hmm. of yours and uh, I'd love to know how you work that in. I I think 
good DMs have a good idea of their of their story arc and they can start as things begin to crystallize as events begin to become real in this fantasy world they're increasingly able to draw on that and bring in threads to what's going on currently so i'd love to know how you do it in yours yes this is like i said i like intrigue and mm-hmm. so i'm always planting little things here and there you mentioned you're about 18 so there's already been a little foreshadowing about what's going on there's a little city named Glendale mm-hmm. that one of our players, the player my wife plays, uh, Henley, she's from there. And they kind of have a, a kind of a deal with the, ha- the wood elves that live in the forest, that they kind of keep the forest clear, keep them protected, while on the outside of the forest, the humans can develop their livestock and stuff. And then they share the livestock and the food with the wood elves for kind of helping them help and protect them. Well, there was this owlbear that hadn't the humans hadn't seen for a very long time, and it was mentioned by one of the NPCs, hey, they're not doing their job. For some reason, the wood elves have just disappeared, and now all these strange creatures are coming out of the woods. They're not doing their job. And it was one of those moments of, like, I had stuff planned for the players to go investigate. They decided not to. And it's like, okay, here's a little foreshadowing. Something's going on in these woods, in the Rowan Woods, that the Wood Elves, where are they? And later on, we just recruit recorded a few more episodes, still a ways off, <laughs> but that has come up again. And so it's it's the players are now thinking like, oh, maybe we should have investigated that. Maybe there's more to that story than just a missing person. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. It's really fun to see that, especially when you've been laying seeds from the beginning and then the players begin to realize, ooh, let me go back and listen to that episode. And oh my goodness, it was there all, <laughs> all along. Uh, and I've, I've done similar things in our story with, with things that I laid down very early in the campaign. And now that we're, I'd say at the midpoint, it's really starting to coalesce and, and they're starting to see things. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to use that technique. And doesn't that make you feel good, right? Yes. They start Things start clicking and you're like, yes, yes, trust me. And that's one thing that me and my players had to learn with each other is trust me. I know what's going on. There's been a few times during this campaign that we've been recording that my players are like, uh, what, when are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? And I just, just be patient. I'm setting up the story and we've gotten to a point in the story where things have now been revealed and they're just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's, it gave me such good feelings, yes. but it's as a, I think one of the hardest things as a DM and world building and stuff is being patient to pull your pull triggers on something. I'm sure you've had the same thing. It's like, oh, I got a really cool idea. I got to throw it at him. And you're like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Let's finish this first <laughs> and then we'll send another problem after him. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing that's really opened it up for me, and and we did a a Creation Corner episode much later in our catalog. Uh, I really found the use of cutscenes to be a way of opening up the world, to give it a cinematic feel, but also to be Mm. able to reveal events happening in other places in a dramatic way. And so I think it was, I think it may have been episode five or six in our actual play series where I did the very first cutscene, and when it was over, everyone at the table just kind of stared at me for about 30 seconds going, (laughs) what was that? (laughs) And uh, it was really satisfying to see that, because then from that point on, every time I I gave the stock phrase that indicated the beginning of a cutscene, you know, my wife would go, 
like it's a cutscene. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun because it, it opened up the story in ways that a traditional you're staying with the party all the time mm. it doesn't do. And I, I actually got that sense uh, in, you know, when you cut to Solemn and to Quill and they're, they're having their conversations and you can tell they're, they're machinating about something mm-hmm. that I think that's, that's very much in the same vein. Exactly. Solomon and Quill are very much, they foreshadow a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, something, something's happening. So it gets the people in, involved, the enlisters involved. And I love the cutscene idea. There's been several times to my players a bit, okay, hold on. I'm going to now explain something and then you can react. And that's okay. Let your players know what you're doing so they don't interrupt. Yeah. And let your players, their players want to do something so you know not to interrupt them as well. That's exactly that open right. communication. Yep. And, and giving them the chance to shine, giving them a chance to be heroes. Uh, you know, it, it would be great if maybe to, to cycle the, the spotlight onto different players from episode to episode to let each one mm-hmm. have a chance to, to have that hero moment. Exactly. People want to feel special. Yeah, that's exact. And they, they've invested a lot of time in these characters and being, letting them one create part of the world and letting them do really cool things with the attributes that they have developed. Great storytelling, and you can involve it into the world building too. For example, my wife's ranger, she's the Gloomwalker subclass, mm-hmm. and we've involved it in the story. You're, get, you're getting there. <laughs> There's a segment in one of our episodes that she feels something happen that a Gloomwalker can. Her character doesn't understand it. Roscoe, um, he's a, oh, what is that fighter? Arcane Archer. And getting him to be like, oh, I got these new abilities. How did I get these new abilities? And he goes, talks to somebody and be like, oh, actually, you're a special kind of fighter. You're a special kind of ranger type idea. Involving those backgrounds in there, because too many times do we just like, oh, we leveled up. Cool. Let's move on. Exactly. And there's a lot of people, especially with family friendly that I've noticed with family friendly podcasts. It's a lot of people that are new to the game. Right. And part of the world building is explaining what special abilities they have. What's that spell? What's this special ability that they have? And I think that's something unique that we do is explain those things, at least trying to dumb it down so people who just listen in randomly, like my mom. My mom (laughs) doesn't know anything about D&D. She thinks I'm a big nerd. (laughs) You know, She's just never understood it. But she's listening to it and she's like, I really appreciate you explaining what rage is, explaining what a health potion does. Just little simple things that, and for us experienced listeners, it's nice to be reminded of said things too. Yeah, I'm completely with you. We, uh, from the beginning, we did special level up episodes where I try try and, and explain narratively what happened to get them this new ability, often having to resort to magical things happening but then and then when that's done then we break it down into the mechanics we we break the narrative now what'd you pick up this level and then we actually do the role for hit points right there on mic mm, okay and it's been a lot of fun it, it adds that element of uh of of chance to something that's normally just uh well you know i'll take care of it away from the table right and i loved that idea when i was scrolling through your episodes and stuff i loved how you'd had those special air character episodes of them leveling up and i might steal it i don't know (laughs) go for it hey this is (laughs) all fair game yeah because i really like that idea 
as soon as I heard you working in their their power gains in your story, I was like, yes, yes. I don't <laughs> I don't hear that often enough. And uh, yeah, it was great to hear that um, because to me, you know, it's it's just silly. I took a long rest, so now I can cast extra spells and <laughs> and I can I can see in the dark or what you know whatever the the pickup is. But yeah, for you to 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 work it in was just extremely special for me to hear. Thank you, I appreciate. It. We worked hard on that one. That one was one of those cutscene ones. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else you want to share this time around? And I'm perfectly willing for there, this to be a continuing discussion. So maybe six months, a year down the line, if you think, man, I really meant to talk about this and <laughs> I am more than happy to have you back on. I'd love it. Um, really about world building. I think my last tip of advice is do what you're comfortable with. If you're new DMing and even old DMing, sometimes it's nice to start fresh it's okay to limit yourself on how many races are in your world. It's okay to limit some of those things so you can feel comfortable about DMing. Your players will understand. Your players will be like, okay, yeah, we're at a learning point. That open communication again. Say, hey guys, I'm new to this. Let's try and keep it small. So I'm going to limit you guys to this. And once we get comfortable and I, we can go do it, then we can expand the world. Then we can add more races. And that's what I did. In my world, I limited it to kind of the player's handbook. Um, when I first started player's handbook races, that's what we're going to start with. We're not going to do these other ones because I'm familiar with these ones. I know what they do. So let's start with these and just start with those kind of classes too. As you gain experience, then you could add things. Have fun. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Great advice. And, uh, you know, it's a building process. And so when you add, when you follow the accretion method, kind of like a, a, a clam building up its interior over time, it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. And that comfort level rises. You're, you get comfy with this aspect of the game. Let me add on something else. And before you know it, you've bolted on several different parts and you're running it all effectively for your table. Uh, that's just a great way to approach it. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun world building, and I hope everybody has a chance to do that. Yeah, it's a gift to be able to do it, to have the freedom to do it and and to enjoy it. I I think if you as a listener have been putting off giving it a shot, try it out. I would be happy to um, exchange communications with you. And in a moment, Dave, I'll ask you to share your contact information in case you're available for that too. Of course. But uh, it's... DMs who create worlds love to talk about creating worlds. And so <laughs> take advantage and, um, you know, we'd, we'd love to, to be a part of helping you make your world special for your players. Exactly. We're all into this, in this together. That's right. Whereas together we build ourselves. I'm very into being united. And that's exactly, as DMs, we can bounce ideas off of each other really easy. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to mechanics. Those ones are hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave, why don't you give us uh, ways to contact you and, and let folks know more about your show? Yeah. So you can hit me. I'm not on Twitter a lot. I'm trying to get more involved. My wife is normally the one who runs our Tomes of the Chaos Bard, and you can find us on Twitter at Tomes of the Chaos Bard. You can find me at GrayJedi505. Um, we're on Instagram as well. Same thing, Tomes of the Chaos Bard. And if you want to shoot us any kind of world building help, just like Rhett mentioned, 
I'm always there to help too. And you can hit us up at our email at thechaosbardpod at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, Dave, I really want to thank you for spending some time with us this evening, sharing your world, your process, uh, some, some really good thoughts about world building. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better. I'm way excited for this. We found <laughs> such a unique friendship and I, I'm way looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. And getting to know all those uh, stackos out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, stackers, thank you for joining us for this special World Builders series episode. And we look forward to seeing you again at our table next time right here at Stack of Dice. <laughs>